All right, everyone, welcome to a Mascot Talk podcast, a college football podcast. Um, we are your hosts. My name is Carson Doherty. I'm here with Bridger Weston. Bridger, introduce yourself for everyone. Hey, guys. How's it going? This is Bridger. Nice. Yeah, Bridger's a man of few words. He just really wants to get get right into get right into talking here. So basically... <laughs> this is going to be our podcast on we're basically should be making picks. Um, we're going to be analyzing college football, giving you guys all the up-to-date news, um, transfers, games, recruitment, um, just really anything that you can can think of about college football. So without further ado, let's just honestly, let's just get right into it. Um, speaking on week one, Bridger, what were some of your biggest takeaways from week one? What were your some of your kind of biggest surprises from from week one? Yeah, honestly, um, definitely some, some really good games. Um, a couple of games that were almost uh, upsets, and those were, those were good, um, specifically NC State and East Carolina, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was a great game um, to open off the – season almost with an upset but honestly my biggest surprise was um georgia i thought Mm -hmm. going into the game i was a little bit optimistic about what oregon might be able to do with bo nick starting um but it's safe to say bo wasn't having fun and uh yeah georgia honestly they, they surprised me a lot i mean they played really good they played lights out and mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, hats off to them. Um, I was a little bit. I mean, I, I think a lot of people um, were a little surprised about um, Ohio State and Notre Dame with the Ohio State offense kind of not being what everybody thought it would be going with all the preseason hype and. Mm-hmm. going off of the Utah-Ohio State Rose Bowl last year and what they were able to do um, without Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So, yeah, I think a, yeah. a few people were surprised by that. But um, they they came out with a win, obviously. And I think those were kind of some of the uh, – or at least two of the biggest um, takeaways I had from last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm going to kind of touch on that Oregon-Georgia game as well. I thought, I mean, not that I really thought Oregon could cover the spread, but I definitely felt like Oregon should have put a lot more points up on the board than they than they actually did. I mean, only putting up three points was, you know, that they struggled for sure offensively. I mean, Bo Nix had two picks in the first quarter. You can't do that with with Georgia because Georgia returns so much of that starting offense from last year. Um, and, and that's, that's what they showed. And, and it's not even like Oregon even is a bad overall team. I just think that they just got out coached outplayed and, and it really did show on Saturday, last Saturday. Um, and then kind of to back you up on the Ohio state Notre Dame game, I felt like Ohio State and Notre Dame was a little bit closer than a lot of people predicted, right? I think Ohio State went into that game as a as a 16, 16 half point favorite, roughly. And 
I mean, for, I would say, three quarters almost of that game, Notre Dame held them in check to, to it was 10-7 Notre Dame for about three quarters until, you know, C.J. Stroud finally was able to hit some of his, um, some of his targets. Um, and, and you kind of saw that once Jackson Smith and Jigma went down, you could kind of see Ohio State was really looking for someone to step up. Um, and out of that younger wide receiver core. And I would say if there was a person that did step up, I would say it was probably Ebuka. Um, but oh, even, yeah. even then it was, it was, sure. yeah. And, and even then it was a little bit sketchy, um, you know, going there until about the fourth quarter, but I don't think Ohio state needs to worry moving forward. I mean, Yes, Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be out for the next two weeks, but they play Youngstown State and, or excuse me, Arkansas State and Toledo. So, I mean, you can probably afford to lose him for a couple weeks, you know, make sure he's 100% healthy by the time Big Ten play starts coming, because that's really when you, you're going to need that experience. Um, and another. So, sure, well, the week after that Toledo game, they play Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they got they got Wisconsin right after that. So, yeah, definitely getting those players healthy. However, I will say that Ohio State's defense looked leaps and bounds better than it did last year. You know, I mean, especially in their last couple of games of their season, they they gave up twenty plus points, and so just seeing them take that bigger step with Jim Knowles is, you know, it's that's really going to give them confidence and really going to give them motivation going forward, knowing that with a better defense, they don't necessarily have to rely on that offense scoring 40 plus points a game because obviously against Notre Dame, it didn't. So, um, you know, good takeaways from from week one. It was a lot of good games that Georgia Flo- or excuse me, Florida, Utah game was very exciting. I think, in my opinion, that game showed me that Florida is an actual contender in the SEC again within the next few years, especially with Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson has been overlooked a little bit in that SEC just because of, you know, Bryce Young and you have Stetson Bennett all in there. But Anthony Richardson played amazing lights out against Utah and it showed and they won. And so hopefully, you know, Florida can keep that, that mojo moving forward. But, now let's kind of take a look into these upcoming weeks. So what what kind of games are we looking at? What what's the spreads and kind of who who are we thinking is going to be victorious here in week 2? Sorry, really quick, I want to just put in two words on also the Cincinnati yeah. Arkansas game just mm-hmm. because I I was surprised that Arkansas was not more explosive um, through the air against Cincinnati. Um, mm-hmm. really, granted, Cincinnati played a better game than I think a lot of people thought they might, but I mean, Arkansas, they're, they're one of the top contenders in the SEC this year. And um, I was very surprised by the outcome of that game. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, just maybe keep an eye on Cincinnati this year and see how they do after this game. I mean, mm-hmm. if they can um, – Ben Bryant played awesome and 
if they can keep doing what they did with Arkansas. I mean, obviously <laughs> their schedule isn't crazy this year. Uh, zero ranked teams on the schedule as of right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really, obviously they're not going to make the playoff with that resume, but um, definitely a team to keep your eye on. But, uh, and that might hurt Arkansas later on, who knows. Um, mm-hmm. But games coming up this week, definitely some good ones. Maybe just to get it out of the way, this this week we have a Friday game, uh, Louisville mm-hmm. and U- UCF. Mm-hmm. UCF, six-point six favorite in that game. Um, yeah, we, we were talking before this started about this game a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, Malik Cunningham struggled against Syracuse uh, in the yeah. air, and mm-hmm. he's a he's a Heisman type player. He has all the athleticism in the world, but mm-hmm. um, really haven't seen a good Louisville team for a few years now. Um, so, I mean, six points. I'll take UCF for sure. Um, yeah, whether or not they'll cover the spread, that's more where my doubt is. I want to say UCF mm-hmm. will cover the spread mm-hmm. on six points. Um, that, that would be my take on that today. Yeah, I, I think UCF is actually going to win by more. I think they'll, they'll cover the spread for sure. Um, and I think it might even be a, uh, two to three touchdown, you know, 14, 21 point win when it's all said and done. Um, I, I think a lot of people are really hopeful and really, you know, looking forward to seeing Louisville's offense in action, especially with Malik Cunningham, right? He, he came back, he, he returned and he has a lot of offensive weapons. He's a very athletic player. He, he had some really great games last year. Granted, he had some games where he's a little bit uh, inconsistent, but for the most part, I mean, to lose to Syracuse, I mean, I understand that. I feel like Syracuse is one of those teams in the ACC you always get, always got to watch out for. Yeah, they always end up 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, roughly, but they always play t- Clemson tough. They always play Florida State tough. They always play Louisville tough. But to lose 31-7 to seven with an explosive offense that you have, I, I – I just don't see them really being that successful this year. I can almost barely see them becoming six and six because they still got to take on Florida State, Miami, Clemson. Like, and those are daunting games after watching what Miami did this, this past week. They looked good. Clemson looked pretty decent. Um, and Florida State obviously beat LSU. So I, I feel like, yeah, UCF is definitely going to, is going to be in a little, bit of an advantage here um yeah they lost dylan gabriel and a couple of really good transfers but for the most part they played really well in their opening game they're at home in orlando i i think it's yeah i think ucf definitely covers covers the spread there for sure um next uh the game that everybody's kind of been talking about and <laughs> i mean yeah more just because of two historic programs, not because it's going yeah. to be really, in my opinion, like 
that much of a game, but um, <laughs> Alabama, Texas. Alabama yeah. is a 20 point favorite. Texas unranked. Um, but I will say I was a little surprised early on, um, I guess before week one when Texas named uh, Quinn Ewers the starting quarterback over Hudson Card. I thought that we might see a situation where they start um, Card for a week or two weeks or maybe even halfway mm-hmm. week one, get through uh, that first game against uh, UL Monroe and then come into Alabama and maybe get through a quarter before they switch out Ewers, maybe just looking for some momentum or something like yeah. that. Kind of what we saw like last year with uh, Spencer Rattler and uh, Caleb Williams. Um, mm-hmm. You take Spencer Rattler out of the Oklahoma-Texas game when Texas is up big, and yeah. um, Caleb Williams brings him back. Um, yeah. So I thought we might see something like that with Texas, but they just they just straight up said, hey, we're going to start Quinn Ewers. He's our guy, and he's the highest-rated quarterback in in the last – I mean, I think he's the highest-rated quarterback ever um, since yeah. 24-7 sports has done their ratings. I could be wrong yeah. on that, but um, as far as quarterbacks go, I mean, he's he's a 1.00 on the um, the rating scale, which um, it's up there. But 20-point spread, definitely going to go with Alabama to cover on that. <laughs> I think they'll probably win by at least four touchdowns. Um, at least, and that Alabama team is sharp. I, I know they played Utah State, but there's just so much talent on that team. Um, one of the most experienced teams that Nick Saban has had. Um, and a lot of seniors, a lot of returners this year. Um, yeah, Bryce Young looked awesome. Um, yeah, Will Anderson is just amazing. Um, yeah, like we'll see if what Texas can do. Um, unfortunately, what are they missing? Like two of their top receivers coming into the season. Um, so we'll see what they can do. Um, I, I know that Texas has some firepower for sure with uh, yeah, Bijan Robinson and and uh, you know they they can do some stuff, but we'll we'll see. Um what Sarkeesian can do against uh, Alabama this weekend, but I don't, I don't expect much. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, here's a, here's a fun stat that maybe not a lot of people know right now is Nick Saban, you know, started out 24 and 0 against his previous, you know, predecessors, right? He's, he's had tons of coordinators go on to get better jobs. You know, Kirby smart, Mario Cristobal, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian, like just a plethora of, of coordinators can come out of Alabama. But in the last three games, Saban's one and two. Now, I'm not saying that Texas is, is going to win by any chance. And actually, according to an interview with Steve Sarkeesian earlier, he even said that he's actually not terribly worried about this game, that he's more focused on December down in Dallas, which means he's expecting to play for a big 12 championship. Um, I don't really know if that's the right mindset to go about this because 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Texas is is a talented team. I think Quinn Ewers, once he gets his feet under him, once he settles down a little bit, he kind of was a little had had some happy feet in that UL Monroe game. Um, but it's probably just you know first time starting jitters. Um, but they have Bijan Robinson. However, they are down their two top wide receivers. I just don't see them. I mean, Will Anderson, in my opinion, has. If I could name a Heisman player who I think should win the Heisman based solely on stats and what he brings to the table every game, I, I think I'd pick Will Anderson. I mean, he's the full package. He he is an insane pass rusher. He he can cover, he's fast. Like he's just all that. I don't think you know, when you when you pair up Will Anderson as as well as their other, you know, linebacker to to you know, he, he's a veteran starter in a senior. And, I mean, with Bryce Young on the other side, you also have their five-star um, transfer in, in running back in Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. So, I mean, yeah, I get it. They played a very not that, probably that great Utah State team. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think maybe it's 28-4 that could give. Texas a chance is applying some pressure on defense. I mean, there there were times last year we saw Alabama struggle quite a bit when they, um, when I mean, looking at like the Auburn game last year, um, like it, getting pressure on Bryce Young is definitely the key. Um, I mean, Alabama, I I think for sure has more talent this year offensively, but um, like they definitely struggled at times last year offensively against good teams, um, mm-hmm. which is saying a lot when talking about Alabama. Like that's, that's the only chance that Texas has to kind of disrupt this game is, is on defense. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, hopefully they can do something there. Um, but I don't think that we'll, uh, be surprised when Alabama, uh, easily <laughs> no. covers the spread. Um, yeah, I, but I, I mean, yeah, l- looking at kind of what you were saying about, um, the interview with, uh, Steve Sarkeesian is, you know, I, I just can't help but wonder, um, yeah, like that mentality does definitely seem to me like they're not really thinking that this is going to be a win, but they'll still make the Big 12 championship losing this game. So yeah. he, he's worried about that. But, um, you know, I guess the, the question is, like, you know, what what mentality would we expect him to have going into a game like this? Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe it's like a learning game. Maybe it's just to see where his team's at, um, mm-hmm. you know, the physically and, and things like that. But um, time will surely tell. Um, the next, I mean, big game, we've got a three top 25 games this week. Um, mm. We first have... Um, Tennessee Pitt, that's the first game. Um, 
that will take place. That's at 1230, um, 1.30 uh, Mountain Standard Time, 1230 Pacific Time. Um, we have Tennessee as ranked 24, mm-hmm. uh, so behind Pitt, but as a six-point favorite. Um, I actually, I really like um, what Tennessee did in week one. I think Tennessee's mm-hmm. a, a tough team. I, I think they'll cover the spread. Um, that Pitt-West Virginia game was a great game. Uh, Pitt has a, an amazing defense. Their defense saved Pitt that game against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see them physically matching up with Tennessee very well. Um, so I like Tennessee covering the six-point spread on that game. Yeah. Um, and then we have um, Baylor and BYU. That's a mm-hmm. big game um, that a lot of people have on their radar. Um, I like Baylor in that game. Um, personally, they're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, so I, I have them covering the spread as well. I, I mean, two-and-a-half is, is nothing. Um, they win by a field mm-hmm. goal and they'll cover. Um, so I personally have BYU or BYU losing in that game. I think mm-hmm. Baylor has a lot of skill this year. Um, I'm interested to see what they do offensively against BYU. Um, and then just the third one um, was that Florida. Um, who's who's Florida play? Oh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Florida, Kentucky. Yeah. yeah, that's always a good um, a good rivalry. If Anthony Richardson, yeah, of course. If Anthony Richardson can play like he did against Utah, um, I I really like Florida. I think six mm-hmm. points is is a lot um, to cover for Florida. I actually I like Florida winning the game, but I don't. I'm not too confident they'll cover the spread. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how good of a comparison, like, not sure really where that Florida team is at. I don't, it, it's so hard to say on a week one game in the swamp against Utah. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, Utah struggled, uh, defensively against Anthony Richardson um, yeah, and I'm sure Kentucky will too. I, I'm just I'm not sure how to compare the physicality of a Kentucky team that is returning a, a lot of talent from last year. Um, yeah, that only I did. They only lost what two games in the regular season last year. Um, yeah, and they got Will Levis back. One of them being Georgia. So. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, yeah, and they got Will Levis back at quarterback. So it's going to be a good game. I think that game could be a toss-up either way. Um, however, I I feel like, again, it's in the swamp. I I, I would pick I would pick probably Florida. Um, I'm I'm also with you. I'm I'm picking I'm picking Tennessee. I Pat Narduzzi's defense has always been good at Pitt. They've always had a very decent a really strong defensive line. That's kind of in their strong suit. You know, that's where Aaron Donald came from. So yes, I, I think Pitts. I know they're ranked higher, but I also, 
like like you like the pick. I think Tennessee, from what we saw in Hendon Hooker and that Tennessee offense, um, they're electric. Josh Heupel is an offensive mastermind. I mean, he's been offensive. Yeah, I mean, he was at UCF when they took down um, LSU. So it's yeah, it's. I feel like it's really, um, you know, really, really good scenario for Tennessee. Um, and and Pitt, yeah, they really had to lean on their defense. Their offense didn't look look too great. Keaton Slovis didn't play bad, but I think Tennessee. Yeah, I think I think Tennessee um, uh, wins that game. I, the BYU one is interesting. Baylor comes in as a two-point favorite, but yet they're ninth in the country and BYU's 21st. Baylor took care of business against BYU last year. That's that's a fact. Also, Baylor's offensive coordinator this year was BYU's offensive coordinator last year. So you'd have to think that somehow he probably knows the ins and outs of that offense because BYU is basically returning more starters than any other team in the country. I mean, they're basically the same team that they were last year. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to actually say that BYU wins that game. I think just because they're at home, just because they, they're facing a similar opponent. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know really how good Baylor is this year. So I believe they're good. I think that game can go either way. I'm just, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and pick the Cougs. Alrighty. Um, some other uh, great games. USC Stanford. That's always tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this one's interesting. That USC's uh, to me, I should say, it's interesting that USC's only an eight point favorite. Um, yeah. Now, I know that you, Carson, have uh, Stanford upsetting USC in this game. I do. Um, this is going to be my upset of the week. Mark to, my words. Alert. Every, every <laughs> listener listening to this right now, USC loses to Stanford at home. Or, sorry, Stanford's at home. But USC goes I'm, down. I'm interested in the spread. USC is ranked number 10. Um, uh, quite frankly, like, a lot of people feel like that's pretty high, but I don't. I don't see any other teams. I mean, there's just such a big gap in talent uh, from these the, from the top three or four teams to the rest of the teams. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't think it matters that much. But I'm intrigued that it is only an eight point spread with an unranked Stanford and um, a very talented USC team. Yeah. Um Caleb Williams played great last week. I mean he only had three incompletions in this first game. Um he's mm-hmm. very comfortable. I mean, Caleb Williams is amazing um as a player and um from everything that I've seen. But you know, Stanford also threw for three hundred and thirty yards last week in their um, opener, but I mean, it was against. And they returned uh, ten Colgate, offensive so. starters from last year. They returned ten offensive starters from last year. So they literally, their only starter that isn't returning from last year is their running back and one of their tight ends. So you get the whole wide receiver core back. You get Tanner McKee back. Now, 
they beat Oregon last year. Granted, that Oregon team was so up and down last year, nobody knew what was up with them. Um, yes, I agree, though. Caleb Williams is extremely good. They also got Jordan Addison, right? They got – not only do they have Jordan Addison at wide receiver, but they also have um, – Oh, what uh, Travis Dye from Oregon, the transfer from Oregon. So I think USC really owned that transfer portal and they basically just loaded up on offense. However, I don't think the offense is really what I'm worried about with SC. I think it's that defense. They only returned three starters. Their defense wasn't even that good last year. I mean, they, they were four and eight last year and... I just, I don't know. I, I feel like Rice isn't really a worthy opponent. Granted, Colgate isn't either for Stanford. I know they took care of business too. But US, I mean, USC did have three pick sixes on Saturday against Rice. So uh, that defense might be improved. Sure. I don't know. But I'm, I'm yes. I'm well, another interesting thing is, well, yeah, Colgate, also rushed for 160 yards against Stanford. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if USC can establish a running game against Stanford, um, I'm not sure that Stanford's going to be able to control much of that game. But mm-hmm. um, I I know you have uh, Stanford with the upset. I'm going to pick USC to cover the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll win by at least two touchdowns. Um, that that'll be a good one to keep our eyes on. Uh, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma Ooh. State going in as an an eleven and a half point favorite. Um, <clears throat> I like Oklahoma State in that game. Um, Big Twelve, Pac twelve matchup there. Um, I like Oklahoma State covering the spread as well. I'm not yeah. sure what happened to Oklahoma State in the second half of that uh, game <laughs> against Central Michigan. I mean, they were. It's, it's- they were up big at halftime and just they just let go in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and like I'll give Central Michigan a ton of credit. I mean, they were yeah. down fifty-one twenty-two going into the fourth quarter, and uh, they made something out yeah. of it. So, um, I mean, you know, but I also yeah, like, I like Oklahoma State in that game though. I, I do too. I do too. And I think it's called, you know, that second half was they missed Jim Knowles. I think that's that's really what it was because that offense clicked on all cylinders in the first half and they took out um, Spencer Sanders, right, in the first half, starting quarterback. He played a phenomenal first half. Um, so I, I don't know. It might be a completely different Oklahoma State team if they keep their offense in. Right, because their offense really didn't do anything without Spencer Sanders after the after halftime. I mean, I think they maybe put together a touchdown or two, but I mean Spencer Sanders, I mean it was like thirty five, forty two, seven or something like that at halftime. And so I mean, yeah, I, I I agree. I'm I'm going with you. I don't think Arizona State is all that this year. Um they do have the Emory Jones at quarterback transfer from Florida. But they don't have Jane Daniels, and he was really, really good at Arizona State. Now he's at LSU. But, yeah, I I agree with you. I'm going Oklahoma State. I also think they'll cover the spread. And, yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys on that one. 
Sure. Um, so those are a couple of good games. Um, Houston, Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech is actually the four-point favorite. I actually really like Texas Tech in this game. Uh, Houston yeah. in triple overtime with uh, UTSA. Was it right? UTSA? Yep. That they played yep. last week. UTSA. Um, triple overtime. Um, yeah, I think Texas Tech's too much in this game. Uh, Texas Tech looked really good against Murray State. Um, 63 points. Um, I mean, they threw for 472 yards <laughs> uh, between three quarterbacks. So <laughs> I I really like uh, Texas Tech in that game. Um, I mean, uh, Donovan Smith is only a sophomore, and he played incredibly against Murray State. I mean – I, I get it, Murray State, um, the opponent, um, but just gives you a good idea as far as rhythm and what they've mm-hmm. done in the off season. And yeah, um, I just yeah, I, I really like Texas Tech in that game. I think Texas Tech is going to be a, a good team this year. Um, I I think that they will cover their own uh, upset spread. I, I, <laughs> Like I would, I would call this an upset, even though Texas Tech is favored in this game. I mean, it's a top twenty-five opponent, so. Um, but I do have Texas Tech covering the spread. I mean, I, I, I would, I would agree as well. I they have Tyler Shuck um, returning back for for quarterback for that offense. Um, they got a lot of starters back on defense. They did. They they showed out against against Murray State. And I know it's just Murray State, but I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think it sets up good rhythm for the for the upcoming year. Houston, a lot of people not I I don't I don't know if I would consider I, I don't think I really thought about this, but a lot of people really had Houston almost being that Cincinnati team from last year where they run the table and get a shot at the playoff. I mean they returned a lot of really good players. They have arguably the best wide receiver in the country. Um, so they have a lot of speed, but yeah, I mean, going to three overtimes, I get it. UTSA had a great year last year, but they're also in Conference USA. You can't really expect them to be good constantly. They had a lot of good players last year. I'll give them the credit where they deserve it because they really did. But I, I think, yeah, I think Texas Tech especially being at home in Lubbock. Yeah, that I I think I would agree with you even to the fact that Texas Tech is actually going to cover their upset spread. Um and I can definitely see Texas Tech being one of those surprise teams um in the Big 12 this year. I don't know if they'll ever get to the 9-win, 10-win marquee range, but I mean I I I think they definitely have the potential to make some noise in that conference. Sure. A um, couple more uh, games. Um, we got South Carolina and Arkansas, um, mm. which should be a good one. Uh, South Carolina didn't look amazing week one against Georgia State, but no, uh, they they got. Quite a few transfers out of the portal this year. Um, they had mm-hmm. 
and they've actually had a, a little bit of momentum. I felt like in the off season coming into the season. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, Spencer Rattler is, in my opinion, very overrated. Um, he yeah. didn't do anything at Oklahoma. I don't see him doing anything crazy either in the SEC. Um, but uh, it is South Carolina. They're they're an SEC team. They're tough, um, and they could play Arkansas tough. And you know, Arkansas had its struggles week one as well. So um, th- it is a nine point spread. Um, I'm gonna go with Arkansas winning, but not covering the spread. And then, kind of another fun game is uh, Wake Forest and Vanderbilt. Um, <laughs> Vanderbilt's two and zero. Um, they and they they've scored a lot of points in those first two games. They've yeah, scored over a hundred points, points in their first two games. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's Vanderbilt. So you never really know because um, I mean we would expect them to be terrible, but um, the biggest question for me in that game is. It is a 13-point spread with Wake Forest. Um, But the biggest question mark is what Wake Forest is going to do with Sam Hartman. Are they going to play him now that he's cleared? Or Mm -hmm. are they going to ease him in slow? Um, Is this the game to do that? I'm not sure what that looks like. Um, uh, Honestly, if they don't play – if they don't start Sam Hartman, I would actually – I'll still I'll I'll go with Wake Forest either way, but I'd have Wake Forest not covering the spread without Sam Hartman. If they play Sam Hartman, I think they'll cover the spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I mean I, I think it's shocking because right Vanderbilt just matched their total wins from all last year. They went two and ten last year, zero and eight in SEC play, but two and ten. They're already two and zero. If they win this game, hypothetically speaking, okay. Let's just play the hypothetical game real quick. If they win, they play Northern Illinois. When was the last time Vanderbilt <laughs> was 4-0? Like, that is insane. Granted, the very next week, they got to go to Tuscaloosa. So that's going to be a loss. But still, I mean, to get to 4-0 and before SEC play would be insane. However, I agree with you. If Sam Hartman plays... I would easily take Wake Forest. Um, however, if he's just going to get eased in to playing, granted he's been medically cleared 100%, but you know, depending on what Wake Forest's coaching staff does, yeah, it could it could be a really close game. Granted, I still think I agree with you. I think Wake Forest will win, but you, with Vanderbilt scoring 100 points in two games, I don't care who you play. That's that's tough as is. That means Vanderbilt has a, a decently potent offense and could very well, I mean, be a team to definitely watch out for in the SEC. I don't, granted, please don't think I'm saying they're going to win. Um, you know, the, what are they in the SEC East? But even still, I, I would project or project them to – you know, it, it at least makes some noise there. But uh, I think I'm going Wake Forest on this one. I don't really feel like there's there's too much to say. I mean, Wake Forest is a solid team. Um, great, 
great team. They're coached very well. Um, you know, I think Dave Clawson's done a great job there. They have nine returning starters on offense. So yeah, they're, 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 I think this is going to be the first true test for Vanderbilt. And I, I think Wake Forest wins, but I'm going to say that it might be under the spread. I'm going to say Wake Forest doesn't cover the spread, but they still end up winning. Um, Cause I think Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt has the potential to be a decent, decent, not great, not good, but a decent team this year. Yeah, I'd, I'd uh, have to agree. Um, you know that they could be decent. I think I think they've been embarrassed for a long time, and you know they they get players that go to the SEC, and you know they want to play ball. So um, I think that kind of covers it for all the those games. Just one last game that we kind of have to touch on just cause it's a rivalry and uh, you know, to us as college football fans, you know, we're, we're lifetime fans um, just to kind of give, give a little more background on, on us. Um, mm-hmm. We're not analysts by any means. We, <laughs> uh, we're, no. we're just fans. <laughs> we, we really like the game. Um, so, you know, our picks might be crazy. They might be really wrong. Um, <laughs> we might not know what we're talking about, but we, we sure think we do at least. And, um, we do really like college football enough to, to make a podcast and get our voices out there. And, um, you know, we, we're, like I said, we're not analysts. We definitely, I think our main objective is to give kind of an outsider view of like, you know, just your typical college football fan, um, you know, the way that they see things and kind of how it compares. Um, but we really like rivalries and we have Iowa and Iowa state this week. Yeah. And you know, that's always a good rivalry game. We get it pretty early in the game or early in the year Mm -hmm. this, this year. Um, usually that rivalry doesn't take place till I think like mid season. Um, if I remember right. So, um, but Iowa is a three and a half point favorite, and I gotta tell you, um, yeah. <laughs> unless <laughs> you know, the only way Iowa's covering that spread is if they get two more safeties in that game, and I don't know if that's gonna happen. So, I definitely have Iowa State winning this game, um, no doubt. It, it's actually kind of weird if you look at the ESPN matchup predictor. Uh, they have Iowa's a three and a half point favorite, but Idaho or Iowa State as um, a sixty percent chance of winning. So, yeah, I'm not sure what ESPN's thinking with their spread and their percentages. I guess maybe they don't correlate. Um, but the the football power index has Iowa State winning, and I do too. Um, Iowa's offense is just atrocious. Uh, Spencer Petrus isn't going to do a whole lot in this game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Let me let me just let me yeah, just throw I this really fact like out there. Iowa State. Let me let me just throw this fact out there. Okay, Petrus is putrid. Like that is that is 
Yeah, he played awful. He had a QBR rating of 1.1. I don't know how that is possible if you're playing for a big five, power five conference school to have a 1.1 QBR rating. Like that is an astronomically low number. I've never heard a team have that low of a QBR rating. And seriously, to not score in the country. Yeah, exactly my point. Like to not even score a touchdown, one single touchdown against South Dakota State. I get it. They went to the FCS championship last year, but you guys went to the Big Ten championship last year. So, yeah, I agree. I don't know how. I, I, in my opinion, if Iowa plays even semi to what they played against South Dakota State, yeah, I think Iowa State wins by double digits. Granted, I, I understand Iowa was out was without their starting running back and one of their starting wide receivers. But it's South Dakota State, guys, and you're at home in Kinnick. Like that that is very unacceptable. Yeah, I'm I'm picking Iowa State to actually win by double digits. Yep. Yeah, I, I like Iowa State in that game. Um and you know, Iowa State's kinda having to restart. Um you know, they, they've been a tough, tough team for the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, I, I really like what they've been able to do. I mean, they still have Xavier Hutchinson. Um, Hunter Deckers mm-hmm. is um, quarterbacking now. Um, you know, he, he played really good in their, their opening game. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like Iowa State a lot in that game. Um, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they're running back, um, Brock is his last name, Jarrell Jer- Brock, something like that. He, he's a junior, yeah. um, and, and he's had a lot of talented guys in front of him. So, um, you know, he's waited his turn and he, he rushed for over a hundred yards on 16 carries. So, you know, I, I definitely like Iowa state in that game, but. Um. Yeah, I think that that kind of covers it for for most of the the big games this week. We, I know we have a really big week next week. Um, that we're excited for, but um, you know, college football's back, so every week's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, every week, every week, and yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if there's a good game on or not. Like I, I've still got uh, two TVs, a computer, and and a game going on on my on my phone. So. Um, <laughs> Yep. It, it's, yeah, it's it's fun. We really like the sport. So, um, yeah, th- those are just those are our picks and kind of what we're thinking for this week. Yeah, I I agree. I think this week's going to be fun. Um, I think this week is really you know after week one and week two, you kind of get a true sense, or at least more true sense of how teams are going to be playing, right? Because week one. I mean, in, in my opinion, week one polls and rankings, they don't really mean anything, right? Like they, they by the time week three and week four come, that's when we really see how accurate the rankings were. Um, so yeah, we're, we're excited, but uh, thank you all for, for tuning in with us. Um, this has been a mascot podcast and we look forward to seeing you guys next Tuesday. Um, that's when our next episode will release. We'll just kind of review um, what happens tonight and tomorrow 
right? We got a game tonight, Louisville and UCF. So uh, thank you all for, for tuning in and we hope to see you guys next week.